Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Hi, everyone. I'm Cheryl Butler. And you're listening to the Mighty Mommy Squick and Dirty Tips podcast, which will help make your life as a parent a little bit easier and a lot more fun. Welcome. Today's episode is number 608, Four Red Flags of Pandemic Stress in Teens, a psychologist's advice because the ongoing stress, fear, continued disappointment, and uncertainty created by the COVID-19 pandemic can wear anyone down but it's been particularly tough on kids and teens. Clinical psychologist Dr. Claire Nikogosian joins me today to talk about warning signs of stress in teens and offer her expert advice for helping them cope. We're nine very long months into the pandemic. Although families have adjusted as best they can, many tweens and teens are still struggling to keep it all together. A recent study from the American Psychological Association revealed that long-term stress due to the pandemic is especially serious for young people ages 13 to 17, otherwise known as Gen Z teens, and young adults age 18 to 23, known as Gen Z adults. On top of this, colder weather and seasonal affective disorder, which is known as SAD, can also have a negative impact on mental health and behavior. Dr. Claire Nikogosian, clinical psychologist, clinical assistant professor, and author of the breakthrough new book, Mama, You Are Enough, How to Create Calm, Joy, and Confidence Within the Chaos of Motherhood, joined me today to talk about the impact of the pandemic on tweens and teens. Dr. Nikogosian is not only an accomplished psychologist, but also mom to four teenage daughters. She explained her concerns. When you look at the impact of stress on children and youth, you're really looking at how it impacts what would typically be happening during this time of social, emotional, cognitive development. And adolescents and young young adolescents and, and going through puberty and changes already brings a lot of changes physically and emotionally because of the hormones, but also the independence that's happening in their social development. So friends take top priority, getting together and being social and participating in team sports or other activities and pursuits are really key right now in terms of their overall development isolating, having to socially distance, going to school in a hybrid model, or maybe all distance learning 
creates isolation for our, you know, youth and teens. And that is increasing rates of depression, anxiety, and a lot of stress. So we know the stress is real, but what can we do about it? How can we help our teens get through these challenging times? As parents, we want to protect our kids from harmful and stressful situations. But more importantly, we want to offer them helpful tools that can foster resilience and guide them with a positive approach on how to handle a devastating situation such as this pandemic. Dr. Nikogosian's top tool for helping our kids navigate the pandemic might surprise you. So here are four signs we're going to talk about of stress in teenagers that you can watch for. First, watch for sleep pattern changes in your teen. Most of us are feeling overwhelmed, anxious, and sad due to the pandemic, and that could trigger physical problems. Dr. Nikogosian explained that a change in your child's sleep pattern is something to monitor closely. The second thing is you want to look for signs in your children and youth that are disruptions in their day-to-day normal functioning. What does that mean? Always look, be on the lookout for changes in sleep. Are they sleeping more? Are they sleeping less? Are they tired all the time? For younger children, are they having nightmares? For older children, are they, you know, restless and can't get to sleep? Children show us what they're experiencing through their behaviors. Dr. Nikogosian explained that teenagers tend to stay up later, which can mean their exhausted parents go to bed before their teens do. How can you monitor your child's sleep when you're off to sleep before they are? And you also want to pay attention to your teen's appetite. Dr. Nikogosian explained that changes in appetite can also be a red flag. You know, it's okay to ask and check in and say, how'd you sleep last night? How many hours of sleep did you get? Because sleep is the foundation for your physical and emotional health. When we're sleep deprived, we can't access coping skills as well. We may be more reactive versus responsive. So you always want to assess sleep. For You also want to look at their appetite. Stress and depression and anxiety impacts children's sleep and appetite, as well as their activity levels. So are they eating more? Are they eating less? You want to pay attention to that. Are they becoming very picky about what foods they eat or don't eat? So you really want to monitor those basic physical parts of a child and and youth's day-to-day. Notice when your child is regressing in their responsibilities. Sleep and diet changes aren't the only red flags. Dr. Nikogosian has been noticing an increase of regression in her practice as well. I've been hearing in my practice and seeing in my own home is that children or teens who are able to do things that they once did all of a sudden seem younger than they are. So now they're not being as responsible, let's say. You know, they're not being as communicative as they used to be. They're not being as independent as they used to be. That may be a sign that something else is going on. And so in little kids, we often see this show up in, you know, a child who is autonomous and able to dress themselves and pick out their own lunch and pack their backpack. All of a sudden may say, I can't do it. You do it, mommy you do it, daddy. And that can be really confusing for a parent because you think, well, but you've always done this. Like, why now? That may be a sign of some stress in in a child's life. You know, children, again, express what's going on through their behavior. So you want to look for that as well as 
loss of activities that they once enjoyed, they no longer want to do. That is a big concern. As well as if you hear your child say things like, I'm not good at anything. Nobody likes me. What's the point? This will never be different. I can't imagine the future. I don't want to live anymore. You know, if your child starts saying some of those things from negative self-talk and self-esteem issues to more, you know, direct thoughts of not wanting to live, those are big red flags and you need to call your pediatrician and healthcare provider and get your child assessed and get some support. Look for a lack of joy while performing regular activities. One of the most challenging aspects of the pandemic is that kids don't have the same social opportunities. They can't hang out with their friends. They're missing the daily face-to-face interactions with their peers because of distance and hybrid learning. And many team sports have been curtailed, which removes another outlet for socializing and staying active. Dr. Nikogosian says that parents need to tune into the serious signs that their child isn't coping with the loss of these activities. And she also warns us to be on the lookout for signs that your teen isn't enjoying things that he or she used to. It's also so important that if your teen is expressing feelings of hopelessness, joylessness, and not wanting to live anymore, you need to take them seriously. In the United States, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA, offers a national helpline. You can call the SAMHSA National Helpline at one 800 662 help, which is 4357, for free. It's confidential, it's 24 7, and it's 365 days a year for information and treatment referrals. This information is associated to the show notes on this episode, and you can find that at my page on www.quickanddirtytips.com slash mighty dash mommy, and this is episode number 608. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The days are officially getting longer, and while there may be a bit more daylight, do you still feel like there isn't enough time to do things like plan and shop for healthy meals? Hungry Root is your partner in healthy living. It's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your health goals, your tastes, the appliances you use, and more. Then, they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week, along with delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. 
everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole, trusted ingredients. Save hours planning, shopping, and cooking. Hungry Root delivers food you'll love. As a busy parent striving for healthier eating, Hungry Root has been a game changer for our family. Our box was filled with fresh, high-quality ingredients and simple recipes tailored to our tastes and preferences. One feature we particularly loved was the ability to customize our meals by swapping ingredients, making mealtime exciting and adaptable to our needs. Ordering was a breeze, and the convenience of having everything delivered to our door saved us valuable time. Hungry Root truly made our weekly meals easier and better, allowing us to enjoy nutritious and delicious dishes without the stress of planning and shopping. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Project Parenthood listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com Parenthood to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com Parenthood. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. So there are seven expert tips that Dr. Nikogosian is going to help us for managing your teen stress. Now that you know some of the signs of stress to look for, how can you help your teenager navigate it? Dr. Nikogosian offered some professional advice. First, take care of yourself so you can take care of your family. She explained that the challenge for parents is to take care of their own needs and mental health first. It reminds me of the airline safety spiel where the flight attendant urges you to put on your own oxygen mask before assisting others. And the first thing I want to say is for parents, you know, we have to take care of ourselves first. We must do that. So we need to be in a reasonably stable place managing our own stress. And I talk a lot about that in my book, Mama, You Are Enough, How to Create Calm, Joy, and Confidence Within the Chaos of Motherhood. It is a resource regardless of where you are in your motherhood journey. It really talks about managing your emotions and sadness, fear, anxiety, worry, embarrassment, shame. All of these emotions are covered in that book that give you really concrete skills and ways to identify what emotion you may be feeling from the smaller ones to the larger ones. So on the continuum. So for example, you know, People think about anger and a lot of people say, well, you know, they don't come right out and say, I'm so angry. Usually they say I'm frustrated or I'm feeling really irritable. So emotions happen on a continuum. And, you know, part of sadness, which a lot of us are going through because of loss right now during this pandemic, includes feelings of emotional and physical exhaustion. You know, I see that under the umbrella of sadness or depression. So we as parents first must be taking the most reasonable care possible of ourselves. Otherwise, we're becoming very reactive with our kids. So when we take care of ourselves and understand what we're going through, what we need, how we're taking care of ourselves, we can look at our children and we can say, oh, okay, this isn't defiance. You know, they're not being disrespectful. They are suffering and they're hurting. And these behaviors that I'm observing in my child while they feel sometimes very much so directed at me, maybe if I step back for a moment, they really are a reaction to the loss and the sadness. Be a sounding board and a safety net for your child. It's important for kids to know that no matter what, we parents have their backs. By taking care of your own needs, you'll be better able to be there when your child is in distress. 
I loved what Dr. Nikogosian had to say about treating a child as a friend in distress. If we as parents can just take a minute and pause and say to ourselves, if a friend came to me and said the exact same thing that I'm seeing with my child, what advice would I give them? And often that may be the path to figure out what you may need to do for your child because parenting is so personal and it can be so intense when children take their frustrations and emotions and put them on mom, put them on dad. And what I want to remind listeners and and clients that I work with is they do that because you're the safest person for them. Children crave the structure and boundaries their parents offer. So remember that when your teen is lashing out or piling their frustrations on you, they're looking for exactly that, someone to offer safety and guidance to help them get back to a calmer place. So you want to give your teen some space and a place to calm down. Offering safety is one thing, but how do you cope when feelings are running hot and your child is lashing out? Maybe at you. Dr. Nikogosian pointed out that humans, both adults and children, can't process feelings and problem-solve when they're in the throes of stress and anxiety. She recommends letting your teen know you're there for them and then giving them some time and space to process their feelings before working on the problem. And I always say to my daughters and encourage clients to say to their children, it is okay to have a feeling. It is okay to be angry. It is okay to be upset. It is okay to be sad. It is okay to be worried about the future. But here's what's not okay. It's not okay to take your feelings out on someone and hurt someone. So let's tell me what you need. How can I help you? Let's create a space where you can decompress for a minute or take a break. And when you're ready, we can come together and problem solve. Because here's something really important to understand as a parent is that when we become upset, any human being, right? Any human being becomes upset and gets really emotional. There's a tipping point in our biology and physiological functioning where we can't process information when our heart rate, when our stress levels get so high, we really cannot process new information. So offering a hug, offering some support, problem solving can actually be more frustrating to the individual. So it's really important to acknowledge what they're feeling, create a space to say, I can see you're really hurting right now. You know, what do you need? I'm here for you. And then let's come back together and problem solve how we can make, you know, help you feel better. Through all of this, though, it's so important to keep insisting on boundaries and limits. With such an overwhelming disruption to our lives and daily schedules, it's easy to throw in the towel and forget about the family rules. I mean, who has the energy to enforce a daily routine when we're going to school and work sitting at the kitchen table wearing our pajamas? But Dr. Nikogosian reminds parents why structure is so important right now. I think it's incredibly important to keep a routine and to keep structure. So the pandemic has been chronic. It is going on close to a year now. I mean, almost. And so kids thrive with routine and structure and knowing what is expected of them. So what I'm encouraging parents to do and doing in my own life and home as well is that, yes, things are hard. Yes, things are challenging. But we also have our day-to-day responsibilities. We have to go to school. We have to go to work. We have to do our chores. We have to get out and get some physical exercise every day. 
we're contributing in different ways. And so everyone has a role in the family. And I'm a huge advocate of holding kids accountable to what they're responsible for, because, you know, hard times are going to happen throughout their life. Dr. Nikogosian pointed out that living through the pandemic is actually good practice for life. It's helped all of us learn coping skills and to be more resilient. Having set schedules and expectations, she says, is important for building those coping skills and helping kids learn accountability. She recommends things like weekly family meetings to assign chores that are developmentally appropriate for each child and set expectations around things like screen time. And speaking of screen time, stop focusing on the quantity of your teen's screen time and focus on the quality. Even under normal circumstances, managing our kids' screen time has long been a challenge for parents, myself included. But finding a healthy balance between living in the real world and the virtual one can seem almost impossible during a pandemic when there are so many restrictions on how our kids, especially teens, can spend their free time. Dr. Nikogosian explained that research has shown that kids reach for electronics when they're bored. Of course, the way the pandemic has limited families when it comes to all the activities we used to freely enjoy, that means that boredom is a frequent complaint for our teens. That's why it's important to monitor screen time, but also to remember that 2020 has changed a lot of the rules, at least for now. So for now, forget focusing on the amount of time your teen spends staring at a screen and focus on the quality. I was really encouraged in the spring when the American Academy of Pediatrics came out and did a revamp of screen time. And they said, listen, you know, in in ordinary times, screen time would be maxed per age, you know, depending on the child's age at around, you know, 15 minutes to two hours, no more than four. Um, During the pandemic, we have, we have to become more lax about that. So let's put mommy guilt aside for a minute and understand that kids are going to get more screen time. But what we can do is make sure it's quality screen time. And so that's the FaceTime, the interactions with their friends that I think are so important. And also having those conversations with your children and saying, listen, everyone wants to be on the screen playing a game to distract yourself. But let's find five other activities that you can also add in some more broaden those activities as well. Dr. Nikogosian also recommends keeping an eye on your teen's cell phone and other electronics. She suggests doing an audit every now and then to find out what apps they're using, what games they're playing, and especially who they're talking to. This is something I'm seeing showing up in my practice that parents find out their kids are chatting with strangers and talking to people on these games. So you really also want to encourage that if the kids are going to be on the screen, if they're going to be playing these games, that you know who they're speaking to and have your kids in a common area when they're doing these activities so you can monitor what is going on. And an important note, some video games, cell phone games, and video apps like TikTok and other apps and platforms you might not expect have chat functions. Ask your teen if they can talk to other people or players on the apps that they use. And if you suspect that they're trying to hide an app's chat capabilities from you, do a little research yourself. Communicate often about your child's social needs with them. Every child has different social needs. 
Dr. Nikogosian recommends asking your child, what is it that you need with your friends? Do you have any ideas about what we can do to stay connected to our friends? She also recommends normalizing that the loss of social connection is real for them. Don't dismiss their reality. Developmentally, relationships are important to tweens and teens. Make sure you offer ways for them to stay connected with friends. You can schedule weekly FaceTime chats or organize events when they do crafts together over video chat. She suggested that some teens might like to pick up skills like getting old-fashioned and writing letters back and forth like pen pals. That's fun. And let go of the guilt. Even under normal circumstances, parenting can be challenging. But navigating a pandemic, that can have even the most effective parents questioning their skills. Dr. Nikogosian encourages parents to let go of guilt and cut themselves some slack. This is an opportunity for them to learn how to cope. This is an opportunity for them to learn how to get through trying times. And you'll be referencing this as a parent for years to come. Do you remember when we got through hard times? And I want to encourage parents just to know that you are doing your very best. Thank you, Claire, for being such a compassionate and informative guest. And for more information about Dr. Nikogosian and her work, you can visit momswellbeing.com. What are some of the struggles your teen has faced during this ongoing pandemic? Join the conversation and share your thoughts on the Mighty Mommy Facebook page or at Twitter. You can also email me at mommy at quickanddirtytips.com. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening today. Please join me next week when we talk about ways we can make it easier for parents that are raising a child with special needs. Keep enjoying your wonderful families and until next time, happy parenting. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.